0: Well, welcome back to our series, Resilient, From Surviving to Thriving. Amen. This is part four. I'm Pastor Valdir da Silva. And today I will be talking about being realigned, being realigned. Listen, you don't need a pandemic, okay? Things don't need a pandemic to kind of with wear and tear and use and so forth. Now and then need a little bit of maintenance and alignment, Right use things and things need to be maintained and it's the same with our spiritual life you know we start off maybe you know full of enthusiasm and and we want to serve the lord and do great things for god we want to live a better life and do all the things that please god and we start you know like say we're gonna do it we're gonna get it right but then life happens life happens and you begin to lose the energy lose the motivation Perhaps even a desire to do what you know is the right thing to do. We begin to kind of slack a little bit. You have that deep desire to to be in the Lord, to be in God, to be close to Him. But somehow we are just not able to get there. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, that dilemma, that struggle which all of us face from time to time. And how we can overcome that, how we can actually connect with God, stay strong in Him, be resilient. Before I do that, a couple of quick announcements. Men, Friday is our appointment, amen? uh hopper six for seven o'clock souls on fire happening this friday 29th of september right here at the back uh, there by the fire pit um if you haven't been there come and join us you know bring some some chalk or some wood and if you have time you can bring some meat as well for a bribe we're going to get together on the fire we're going to praise the lord you're going to chat a little bit encourage one another and if you'd like to bridle meet and have some fellowship you all come to do that as well it's going to be great this friday six thirty for 7 p.m sorry ladies only the men okay All right? Send your husband. It's a good way to have a nice, you know, evening free. Then, for all the members of Awakening Life Church, next Sunday... Uh, After the service, we're going to have a brief information meeting right here. We'll do the service, have about a 15-minute tea or coffee break, and then come back here and have a quick members meeting. This meeting is for the members or anyone who is interested in becoming a member. Those of you in the process of becoming members, you can join this meeting as well. For those of you who cannot be uh, in in person, uh, we'll have an online meeting on Monday or Tuesday evening. So if you can't be in person, but you want to join our online meeting, let us know, I don't WhatsApp, on email, and then we'll send you the link for the online meeting uh, in one of those evenings. Amen. That is it for the announcements. Now, how many of you guys are enjoying the 30 days to resilience app? A couple of you. Okay, good. If you haven't got it yet, like you this morning, please get that app. Now, if you are doing it, you should be almost halfway on it. if you started back on the the 11th, but um, in day nine, in the evening, he deals with uh, the Apostle's Creed. Now you you'll see that you find that John in in this in these devotionals sometimes he refers to some ancient writings from the Church Fathers and 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 pieces of classic Christian writing. It is good for our soul to connect with those ancient writings. And he talks about the the Apostle's Creed. I mean, this creed was probably written in the third second third century, and it was written by the apostles. But the creed summarizes the teachings of the apostles from the early days, they have been battles in the in the church people trying to infiltrate the church and bring wrong teaching wrong doctrines and so from the beginning the fathers the church fathers had to sit down and and, and write a statement of faith very much like we've got today in the church as a statement of faith like we've got one for this church as well they had to back then write this declaration of faith to make clear what the church believes in what we as Christians believe in so that they could fight all these wrong teachings that were trying to infiltrate the church Now, in the Apostles' Creed, the last portion says this, and and it is quoted in the app. It says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, Uh, For those of you who do not come from a Roman Catholic background, you might find strange that he's saying, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. And I feel I just need to clarify that because the word Catholic does not mean the Roman Church. The word Catholic on its own simply means universal, all-encompassing. And so you see, I belong to the church of Jesus Christ. I belong to a local church. In my case, I belong to Awakening Life Church. And I belong to the universal church, the global church, the Catholic church of Jesus Christ. I am a Catholic, but I'm not a Roman Catholic. The Roman Catholic church is that church that is led from Rome. By the Pope and the Cardinals, and they lead, they've got a a set of beliefs and rituals, and every Roman Catholic must adhere to the laws of Rome. We are not Roman Catholic, we are simply Catholic. We believe in Jesus Christ, we follow the teachings of the Bible, the leading of the Holy Spirit, and we belong to the church the universal church the catholic church of jesus christ amen and so the apostles creed that is what they were emphasizing because that's what the apostles preached you know jesus is the head of the church the global church the all-encompassing church the catholic church and they use that word because that's the meaning of the word catholic so i hope this kind of clarifies and in case you got a bit you know stuck "I'm, i'm not catholic yes you are you're not roman catholic but you are catholic if you believe in Jesus Christ and if you belong to his church. Got it? Thank you. Amen. Good. All right. So back to our message today. At one time, Jesus took a couple of his disciples, his most faithful ones, Peter, James, and John. All right. And he went to pray at Gethsemane. It was just before his crucifixion. And he brought the guys along and says, boys, just, just pray with me. I'm going to pray. You guys hang around with me and just support me in prayer. And Jesus went to pray. When he came back, he found these three dudes, these heroes of the faith, these potent disciples, these followers of Jesus, who's been with him all these years, okay? He finds them sleeping. Now, don't criticize them. How many of you have sp- slept in a prayer meeting? I have. It is such a peaceful sleep to pray in a prayer meeting. People are praying, and you, and you oh, man. <laughs> How many of you have, have slept in church during a sermon? Now you guys are getting embarrassed. Don't lift your hands now. But how many of you have prayed during my sermons? Keep your hands down. <laughs> now you see, we, we, we get it. Why? How can you do this? But, but it happens. And so Jesus comes to Matthew 26, 41. Jesus comes to them and he says, watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. Here you are, these are, are you know, the same guys that had been in the mountain with Jesus when he was glorified. These same three dudes, they see Jesus being glorified and so forth. Oh wow, they even want to, to camp out there. Remember, let's make a couple of tents here and stay here. These same dudes are now in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is now not being glorified. He's suffering now. And he wanted these guys to kind of see and experience that that agony of Jesus so that they wouldn't be surprised by the humiliation that was going to follow Jesus in a few hours' time. And they fall asleep. And Jesus says, guys, watch and pray. Watch and pray. And and, and what Jesus is instructing them is really, he's saying, you know what? Although you may have strong faith. And listen, what he said to those three dudes, he's saying to us today. Listen very carefully. We want to follow Jesus. We've got all the good intentions. But he's saying, although you may have strong faith and believe now that you'll not deny me. Yet human nature is weak and shrinks at trials. Isn't it true? We are strong in faith until problems come. And then we begin to wonder, where's my faith? Where's God? If God is so good and so loving, why is this happening to me? He's saying, be careful guys. Our faith shrinks at trials and you should therefore seek strength from on high. Remember we've been saying this here that resilience does not come from outside, does not come from the things you do in the natural. True resilience comes from God. It's on the inside and it comes from on high. That's what Jesus is telling them. And this is the battle which we all have in one way or another, at one level or another. We all battle from time to time with this thing. If we want to remain resilient, if we want to have spiritual grit, that's what we're talking about when we talk about resilience, having spiritual grit. Being able to face trials, being able to bounce back when life hits you hard. Remember at the beginning we said, how many of you are ready for another pandemic? What if tomorrow the president calls a family meeting again and says, sorry guys, there's another world pandemic, we're shutting down again for a couple of weeks. Ah! (laughs) How many of us could take it? You see, that's that's where resilience comes in. Resilience will enable us to face this and bounce back. All right? And that's what this, this series is all about. Alright, we need to talk about these matters. And this series is about, it, it is inspired by a book, a book written by John Aldridge called uh, Resilient. And, uh, but although we, we are, we are, the series is inspired by the book, the teachings that you are giving you are not from the book, it's from the Bible, okay? It's biblical teachings. And in fact, he, he makes reference to our biblical teaching in the, in the book as well. And so, it is the word of God that is coming to us. And that's what, that's what gives us true resilience. And at this time, this time we're living in, and, and remember, we think the pandemic is over, that COVID is over. It is not. <laughs> it's still with us, all right? And we're still suffering the after effects of the pandemic. We still have to deal with it for a while. The world has changed. And so at this time, we need to build a foundation to remain strong in our faith because as we heard, as we've been hearing the series normal is not coming back baby as much as you desire it as much as you want it normal is not coming back you know who's coming back Jesus is coming back hallelujah amen Jesus is coming back we have entered a season in this world which Jesus described as the beginning of birth pains and when birth pains begin, those contractions, those, uh, it gets more and more and more. Why? Because new life is about to happen. And what is happening in this world? These contractions in, the, in this world. All the conflict. All the signs all happening at once. All the, the, the crazy weather. How many of you survived Tuesday night's windstorm, huh? How was that? and things happen over the world crazy stuff all these things to face all this requires a strong foundation so that we do not fall away from our faith remember Jesus says be careful because in, the, in those times when those things happen many will fall away from their faith and so we are, we are teaching this to you as well, church that you remain strong that none of us falls away from the faith because of what is happening around us amen And if you're new to the series, online or in person, if you're new to the series and you've missed any one of these uh, teachings, please go to our website and catch up. Amen? Go to our website and uh, catch up. At our website, you can watch the messages there on our sermon page. You also have there the link to our YouTube. Also, if you want to hear the audio, there's a link there to our Spotify podcasts, and you can find everything there. Each sermon in the series... Addresses different parts of the foundation that we need to stay resilient. So I really encourage you, don't miss any of them, okay? Get all the teachings, listen to all of them, let it build you up. Stay up to date on the, on the, on the sermons in this series. So, Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. How are you doing? Huh? Let, let's go back to January, January this year. Many of you said, this is the year. All right. Resolutions. This is the year I'm going to give up this. This is the year I'm going to do that. This is the year I'm going to have this discipline. This is the year I'm going to really get rid of that stuff in my life. I'm going to be a new me. Hallelujah. Okay. September. How's it going? (laughs) Yeah, I thought so. (laughs) All right. All right. Now, don't give up. And that's why I'm, 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 I'm saying these things and I'm bringing this to your attention, not to discourage you, not to put guilt on you, but to encourage you and to help you because we all go through this. We all start the year and we're going to do this and that and everything else and then life happens and and distractions and, and so on. And then the energy runs out. And But you cannot give up. And i want to tell you the following you are not alone in this battle we are not alone in this battle nor are we the first group of people to experience this kind of battle let's go to romans chapter 7. romans is a letter written to the christians in rome by the apostle paul you know paul the apostle the church planter okay the one who we've already spoken about him in this series the one who suffered so much for Christ through serious suffering. But he remained resilient. He didn't give up. I would agree with Paul. I would sympathize with Paul if after beatings and you know, mockery and being chased and stoned. If he said, that's it. I've done my time. I've done my bit for the mission of Jesus Christ. I'm retiring now. I'm going to live a quiet life in the village and make tents. I would say, I don't blame you poor man. Sure. I couldn't take off of what you took. But he didn't. He just kept on going. He kept on going. This is the guy that wrote what I'm about to read now. And you might not believe it. <laughs> okay. This man is a saint. Yet, listen to what he wrote we can read Romans 7 from verses 14 to 24. Here we go. For we know that uh, the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Say what? Paul? Uh, is the, uh, hello, is that you, Paul? The great Paul, what are you telling me? You're telling me that you don't know what you're doing. You're telling me that what you want to do, you don't do. What you're going to do, you do. You sound like me, Paul. Hello? huh? Even the great Paul battled. He wanted to go in one way, his flesh pulled him the other. You see, in Paul, as well as in you and in me, There were there were unconverted areas. There are unconverted areas in our life. We love Jesus. We belong to Jesus, but there are residues in us which are not yet converted. They still choose the old ways. They get pulled in the old ways of the world. Unconverted areas, and these areas, those are the areas that must be realigned again to God's ways. You see where the realignment comes in? That's what I'm talking about today. We need realignment. And sometimes we align our lives to God and then we get pulled away by whatever circumstances in our lives. And we lose that alignment and you've got to come back again and align ourselves with God. Verse 16, Paul says, if then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law. That it is good. The law is good. The law points out what is right and what is wrong. But now it is no longer I who do it. But sin that dwells in me. You see he, he agrees with the law. He wants to do right. But he says it is sin that dwells in me. That pulls me to do the things I do not really want to do. Okay. So there it is. There are places in our life where stubborn sin dwells it's it's there you don't like it you don't want to face it you try to ignore it but given the opportunity boom it's there and there you go you fall in that sin you say that word you do that thing you ignore what you shouldn't ignore hello you follow your flesh instead of following the leading of the holy spirit hello huh Are you guys at home getting uncomfortable there? Come on, guys. Let's all get together. This is, this is, this is good. All right. Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. There it is. Okay. Now, those, those unconverted areas, they might be quiet for a while, but then something happens and that sin nature rises up again. It gets triggered and you'll end up doing what you don't want to do. Verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good Dwells. Wow. In my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. Wow. The desire is there. You see, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. For the good that I will to do, I do, I do not do. But the evil, I will not to do that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Now catch this. I want you to get a picture. Understand? This is going to set you free, man. Understand this. He's saying nothing good dwells in me. What does the world tell you? You, you listen to the philosophies of the world, to the teachers of this world. They say, you are wonderful, just as you are. You've got to accept yourself just as you are, for you were born this way, and you are beautiful. You are wonderful. Just just love yourself just the way you are, because humans are inherently good. Humans are inherently good. Well, my Bible tells me differently. <laughs> My Bible tells me humans are inherently sinful. Some bad stuff in you, man. And let's not even talk about me, okay? The Bible says that sin dwells in the heart of man, not goodness. That our natural tendency is to sin, to do what is against the will of God, what is against God's moral code. And in popular culture, they say I was born this way and you know what they are right because the bible says that all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of god so you're right you are born this way born full of sin full of nonsense full of desires which are not according to the way of the lord and that's why all of us need salvation we need jesus we need to get rid of that old nature, that sin nature that is inside of us. Amen. We are all born sinners and we need Jesus. Otherwise, we're going to continue following our sinful nature, our sinful inclinations, whatever they may be. And that is going to cause us to be, to go away from God. You're going to find ourselves far from God. You see, we all have unconverted areas in our lives. Listen to me. We all have unconverted areas in our lives. What is yours? Now, don't, don't talk to me. Just, just think about it. Okay? What is your unconverted area? In other words, what does God want to realign in your life at this time? What does God want to realign in your life? at this time verse 21 paul says i find in a law that evil is present with me the one who wills to do good okay i want to do good but sin is present in me for i delight in the law of god according to the inward man i love god i love his ways (laughs) But I see another law in my members, in my body, making war against the law of my mind and, and, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members, in my body. He realizes this battle. He wants to do good, but, you know, it's like, you know, the, the good angel, the bad angel, you know, do this or don't do this. It's a continuous battle. Eventually, Paul cries out, verse 24, Oh, wretched man that I am. Don't you sometimes get mad at yourself when you want to do some things and you can't and then you try and... ah! (sighs) You're in good company. In fact, you're in poor company. Oh, Richard, man, that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Now, I want you to catch that. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Now, that phrase, body of death. Okay, it's, it's, it's understood, and I think theologians agree there. It refers to the sin nature which we carry with us as Christians. All right? In other words, we, we are born again, but we still live in this world. We're still in a fleshly body. We're still exposed to temptation. And so this body of death refers to this nature, carnal nature in us, which is always pulling to sin. But there is another meaning which the readers in the first century would have understood you, you won't catch this we don't know about this maybe uh most of us don't know about this i i kind of found this as i was studying this all right but in the first century people would understand when they hear this body of death they they understood something else they heard something else. let me explain to you back in the day in that first century and before that there were some tyrants Some real ruthless rulers, evil rulers. And what they would do is this. When they would catch a criminal, all right, say a a murderer, for instance. The body kills a man. What those tyrants would do is they would literally tie that body, that dead body, they would tie it to them. Either by a chain or physically in their body, to their body. They would tie this dead person to their body, body of death. And then wherever this criminal went, he had to carry this body with him, pull this body with him. So everybody knew, there goes a condemned man, there goes a criminal, and there goes somebody who's going to die. Because they would just leave that body over there, and as that body would rot, all that stuff, all the germ, all the illness, sickness, would transfer to the living man, and ultimately he would die. It was a horrible death. It was a horrible form of punishment. Actually, it was worse than crucifixion. And some tyrants were so evil that they did this. And it was called body of death. And so in the first century, when people read this letter, and Paul says, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Boom, this picture came in their minds. They could see Paul attached to a dead body. Imagine that. But isn't this a very good illustration of our Christian life because you see human beings without Christ are dead bodies they're going to rot away sin is going to flourish they're gonna get further and further away from God and even though we choose to follow God that sin nature is still very close to us we are carrying it around with us wherever we go all right we carrying it with us and so If you're not careful, that sin nature begins to erode us, begins to make us sick, begins to attack the goodness that we want to do. And we land up with that dilemma. And if you're not careful, if we don't do what what you're going to hear about today, that thing can actually destroy us. Amen? So as sick as this illustration sounds, it is actually every Christian's battle at some point in their lives, to some degree or other to some people it is a huge battle to some it is a little bit less because maybe of their instruction they are bringing their background and now some people are surprised you know when when they give their lives to Jesus but they don't change instantly they say but come on I I I prayed the prayer I went to the front I even cried I even felt so good Why am I now battling with this thing? Why am I now battling with this sin? Why am I now battling with temptation? Why can't I give up this habit? Why can't I give up this addiction? Why is this thing attacking me again? Well, that's because salvation is a process. Listen carefully. Salvation is a process. Let me share quickly about it. Salvation salvation is instant. Okay? Salvation is instant. But sanctification is a much slower process process when you are saved you become a new creation all right that is instant you give love to christ you believe in him boom you become born again you are saved that is instant you become a new creation but listen the capacity to sin is still in you when you give your love to jesus the color of your eyes doesn't change your height doesn't change Your weight doesn't change. The size of your shoes doesn't change. And your capacity to sin doesn't change. Something happened on the inside. Something happened in your spirit. You become a child of God. You've been connected now to God. But there is still a process. And yet it is. Here's the process of salvation. It's actually a three-step process. It starts with Justification justification is that when you get born again when you give a life to jesus that is the work of jesus nobody can do it for you only jesus it's grace it is mercy all right it's instant when you surrender to jesus your life is set right with god you are ready for heaven man it's done it's in the past justification is in the past so you can say i have been saved past tense but then comes sanctification Sanctification is a process and takes much longer than justification. In fact, as long as you're alive, you're in that process. It's going to last as long as you live on this earth. All right? And that is a process of becoming like Jesus, a lifelong process. All right? It is conforming to the image of Jesus. And it comes by obedience to Scripture and obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that's why right in the beginning, you know, when we spoke about being being resilient, you have to be grounded, grounded in the word and grounded in community. We need the word of God and we need fellowship. Why? Because we need this process of sanctification to go on. You can't just make a little prayer and walk away and then do life the way you want it and never meet with other Christians, never study the word of God, never attend church, never worship. No, you're fooling yourself. There is a process called sanctification. Becoming like Jesus. Amen. And that is happening right now. You and I are in that process. So I can say I have been saved. All right. Justification. And I can say I am being saved right now. So my spirit Okay, as being connected with God, in that first step, justification, my spirit, remember man is body, soul, and spirit, actually spirit, soul, and body. So in justification, my soul is connected with God. In sanctification, my soul, my mind, my emotions, my will is being now transformed, conformed, Romans 12:1 and 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, it's a process. It's allowing God to come into all those unconverted areas in my life and changing it. And, he, and, and God is gentle. He doesn't do it all at once. He tackles one today and lets you kind of get restored and then he tackles another one. And, and that's why it's a lifelong process. As we surrender to him, like we learned, heard last week, as we spend time with him, as we learn the word, god gently molds us into the image of jesus so i am being saved that's my soul now being saved and that's why that that app is so good because that app is really talking a lot to your soul helping you to connect with your emotions and your thoughts and so on with god and then the the third phase glorification That is going to be a future phase and that is when we are in the Lord's presence. Then we'll be in his glory, we'll see his glory and we will be glorified. So the third phase is called glorification It's in the future. So I can say, I am going to be saved. Pastor, make up your mind. I am a three in one. I have been saved, I am being saved and I will be saved. What does it mean again i have been saved the justification my spirit has been connected with god second step i am being saved my my soul is being renewed my mind is being renewed my emotions my feelings are being realigned to god's will and then I shall be saved because one day this body of flesh is going to be replaced with a glorified body. I will see God face to face. I will stand in his presence. I will receive a body which will never die again. That is the third phase and final stage. And then I am the, the process of salvation is complete and I'll live with Jesus forevermore. Amen. Think of it as a man drowning at sea. He's drowning at sea and a boat comes and rescues him. All right. So the man, he left his home and he he went to do fish or whatever and he got lost and he's drowning in the sea. A boat comes by, picks him up and puts him in the boat. The man can say, I am saved. But he's so far from the shore, man. Okay. And so the boat starts making its way to the shore. So the man has been saved, he's out of the water, he's in the boat. Now, as the boat makes its way to the shore, he's being saved. Uh-huh. And then eventually the boat arrives, you know, at land and he steps out, solid ground. He's home. He's finally arrived. He's now saved. He got saved, being saved, <laughs> all right, got home. Same thing with us. We are our spirit is being justified. We are being sanctified and one day we're going to be glorified in the presence of, make sense? Amen. And so that is why we still struggle with our flesh because we are in the process. We haven't landed in the shores yet. We haven't landed home yet. We are not seeing God face to face yet. And so until that day, that's whole process of being justified is going to be a little bit of a fight. We are going to battle. And sometimes you are going to say like, oh, what wretched guy am I? I can't overcome this thing. Mm, All right. But that is what it is. That is the process. Amen. So while we are being sanctified in this life, there'll be unconverted places that God wants to set you free from. Amen. He wants to realign those areas according to his will. So what is it that you seem to battle with in your life? Right now, what is your biggest battle when it comes to your relationship with God, your relationship with people, your relationship with the church, your relationship with your family, with at work, co workers? What is it that seems to be always sticking up in all these different areas that you know is not from God and you wish you could get over that thing? What is your unconverted place? What is it that God wants to realign? in your life at this time? Come on, guys. You guys online. Think about it. Those of you listening, think about this question. What is it? Because with all of us, God is dealing with something in our lives. He's been dealing and he's going to continue dealing with us until we see him face to face. Amen. What is it? Is it maybe substance abuse? Is it some addiction that you're still battling with? Yeah, it happens to Christians too. Christians also have addictions and, 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 and deal with these things. It can be drugs, alcohol, Tobacco, anything you can't live without, anything you've got to crave, you've got to put it in your body, you've got to put it in your flesh. That's an addiction. Face it. Say it to yourself. I am an addict. Don't try and downplay. It, oh, everybody's doing it. Oh, it's it's socially acceptable rubbish, man. You're stuck. There's an unconverted area in your life, and you need to face that. What about anger? Maybe you're battling with anger. That's your unconverted place. All right. And don't feel bad because, you know, Jesus had a bunch of disciples that walked with him for, for years. Okay, three years. And then they approached Samaria and, and the Samaritans were unkind to Jesus. You know what? Peter, James, and John, again, the, the three big ones. Okay. You know what they say to Jesus is, Jesus, shall we call fire down upon them and destroy them? For three years, they've been listening to Jesus saying, love your enemies. And these great men of faith, what they want to do? Huh? They're so full of anger, they want to call fire down upon the Samaritans just because they were unkind to Jesus. They did not welcome him in their village. And I know sometimes we feel like that. Huh? Sometimes people make us mad at, on the road, at work, whatever. And all sorts of things go through our mind. If we only could! <laughs> anger. And maybe we need to surrender that to Jesus. Maybe says, God... I've got this unconverted area. Somehow, Lord Jesus, I'm not reflecting your character. I'm not reflecting you in this area of my life. I need some help here, Jesus. But you have to own it. Don't apologize for it. Don't make excuses for it. Don't blame the world. Don't blame all sorts of things. Just own it. I have a problem in this area of my life. Huh? Maybe it hurts. And that is such, a, such a, a normal thing. People get hurt. Okay? And maybe people have hurt you, and you're carrying that hurt around with you. Now that's the thing. You see, getting hurt is one thing, but then holding on to it and and carrying it around with you and 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 let it you know hold you down. That's that's the problem. Maybe you're being hurt, maybe by family. I mean, we live so close together as family; it's easy for family to hurt another. We know each other so well; we take each other for granted. We we speak our mind freely without thinking, and we can hurt one another. Maybe be hurt by friends. Maybe you hurt by the church. By a-, a church. Maybe by the pastor. Maybe by me. Okay. I've already t- told you. I don't wake up in the morning trying to figure out who am I going to hurt. But I- I'm going to hurt people because I'm human. I make mistakes. I forget things. I might walk past you and not even see you and not greet you. And you think, that pastor talks about love but doesn't even greet me. And I'm going to hurt you. Not because I want to, but because life happens. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to come and talk to me and we're going to settle things out? Or are you just going to carry that hurt with you and let it fester inside of you? Huh? Maybe you've been hurt by co-workers. Maybe by your boss. (laughs) Maybe by neighbors. I don't know. What hurt are you carrying? Are you willing to accept your part in the hurt? (laughs) Because in every type of situation, there's always two sides. But you always blame the other party, right? They're the guilty ones. I'm the innocent one. Huh? Are you going to let go? Are you going to forgive? Or are you going to carry that hurt with you all the time? Come on, guys. We need to align our lives with God. What about lust? Sexual addiction, porn, immorality, sex outside marriage, adultery. So many Christians are struggling with this. And we need to face it and admit it. It's an unconverted area in my life. Lord, help me. Help me. And, and what about shame? You know, you, might, you may carry with you shame from past mistakes in your life. Things that went wrong in your life. Maybe in family, in marriage, in, with children, with, with, with work, with, with finances, in relationships. I don't know. And there's a shame that, that you carry and that hinders you, blocks you from, from doing life. It comes up all the time and, and pulls you back. And, and We live in a culture of shame. The world tells you, come on, come, drink, 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 buy more. No, no, no. And then when you get drunk, they accuse you, drunkard, you've got no self-control. Come and gamble, come and gamble, come and gamble. You know, but, but people, people should know where to gamble. And when you become addicted to gambling, they say, come on, you are irresponsible. The world invites you, trips you, and then shames you. God is not in the shaming business. God is in the restoring business. God convicts you. He doesn't shame you. The Holy Spirit convicts. He doesn't condemn. If you're feeling condemned, it's a devil. Convicted, it's the Holy Spirit. Condemnation is general. Shame is general. Shame says you are a bad person. Conviction, the Holy Spirit says no. You did something bad. You did that action you did was bad. You need to deal with that, it's very specific. And then God comes and he helps you to align that thing, that part of your life, with his will. No shame, no condemnation. Amen? Huh. What else? What area in your life needs, fill in the blank. Fact is, Paul felt the pressure. But Paul found the answer and he was able to overcome. He was able to get rid of that body of death which was corroding him all the time. And you and I can overcome it too. Here's his answer. Romans chapter 7 verse 25. He says, But thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. So then, I myself, in my mind, I am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. So he says, listen, although this is battling my life, my, my body, my flesh, wanting to sin, I am a slave of Christ. Jesus Christ delivered me. I am no more a slave to sin. I am a child of God. Amen? Sounds familiar? We sang it this morning. And we need to believe that. We need to embrace that. We need to hold on to that and stop looking at the flesh and looking at the mistakes and looking at the sin and saying, that is who I am. That's what I am. That's all I can do. No, look up to who you are in Christ, to what Jesus has done for you. He has set you free. Romans 8, 1 and 2, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Say, no condemnation. No, no, say that conviction. No condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Amen. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah! The Spirit of God in us cuts us off from that dead body that we carry around or, or, or want to or tend to carry around with us. Separates us from that, and we can get rid of all that muck, all that rubbish. And become more and more and more like Jesus. Hallelujah. In spite of having sinful tendencies, there is no condemnation. In Christ, we are set free and separated from that body of death. The Holy Spirit is coming to you and me. Why? To set us free. Amen. And it's now into you to bring light and life to every area of your life. Hallelujah. And to bring light to those unconverted areas. And progressively, listen, progressively change you more and more. The Bible says from glory to glory, progressively change you more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. He wants to change you, your patterns of behavior, your speech, how you deal with others, the way that you behave and the way that, that you make choices, the way that you think, the way that you guide your life. He wants to bring that in alignment with God's will. On the cross, you died with Jesus, and when Jesus resurrected, you were raised to life with Him. Amen. Jesus poured His resurrection power in you. Hallelujah. Water baptism and communion reminds us of that. In water baptism, you, know, you die with Christ and you're raised to a new life. Died, buried, raised to a new life. In communion, we remember the, the, the bread and the wine reminds of the body and blood of Jesus. He paid the price for us. We are reminded constantly through his actions of who we are, what Jesus did, and that we have a future with him. We are not stuck with that body of death. Hallelujah. Amen. The verse 2 in the message says the following: The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a fated lifetime, fated lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. Remember, it was tyrants that used to tie those bodies, dead bodies to people. And it says here, okay. The, the the wind of the Spirit has set, set us free from the tyranny of being tied down to the dead body, to sin, to be pulled down all the time. You are free. Hallelujah. Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Say, I am free. I am. Amen. You are free in Christ. Hallelujah. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery you are free don't let that dead body drag you down you're not a slave to sin you're not a slave to shame you're not a slave to any of that stuff you are freeing jesus but you have to embrace it you have to understand it realize it embrace it and let god align your life to his will amen you are free hallelujah so don't get back into those dead works of flesh you see, the Spirit. We are not a child of God, and the Spirit inside you is giving you that strength that prevails. Remember, strength that prevails—that's what you want to be resilient. A strength that prevails. Remember, Katiskiseti uh, or katiskou—those Greek words. Okay, if this sounds like Greek to you, go back to the I think the second lesson we spoke about that. All right, so you want that strength that prevails, and the Holy Spirit gives you that, and that is the strength that we need today as we realign our lives to God. And then we will develop that strength to overcome. So let me ask you two questions as we close, which are actually one question asked two ways. Number one, what are your unconverted places? Number two, what does God want to realign in your life in this season? Which is actually the same question, right? So I want you to take a moment now as we close this meeting. Take a moment now. Remember, you've given your life to Jesus, then you are free. You do not have to be a slave to sin. You do not have to be a slave to that body of death. It's done. Jesus paid the price. He put his life in you. The Holy Spirit came to give you freedom, to set you free from that body of death. Amen? To give you the power that you need to overcome those dark places in your life, those unconverted places in your life. But it's going to take you a decision. It's going to take you owning it. It's going to take you coming to God and say, Lord, help me, save me. What are the unconverted places in your life? I want you to close your eyes right now. Just bow your heads, close your eyes. And just have a moment with the Lord right now. And if the Holy Spirit is putting his finger in some area in your life, I want you to very quietly between you and the Lord, right where you are, just to confess that to God. Those of you online, those of you listening, do the same thing right now. Just take a moment right now. And just have a moment with the Lord right now. And admit, just to say it. What are those unconverted places? What does God want to realign in your life in this season? And just say, Lord, I need you. I have this unconverted area in my life. I'm struggling with this, Lord. And now mention to God what it is that you're struggling with right now. What it is that the Holy Spirit is is pointing at in your life. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, as we wait on you right now, and even as we go from this place, as you go home and spend time with you in our quiet times, won't you continue speaking to every, each one of us, every one of us, Lord. My brothers and my sisters yeah, those watching online, those listening to this message, Lord, we need you. At this hour, we need you, Lord. We cannot afford to be burdened by the body of sin. We cannot afford, Lord God, to be burdened by these unconverted areas in our life. To continue struggling with things which are not pleasing to you, Lord. That are just taking our energy away. Lord, you ask for your help. Holy Spirit, come. You are inside of us. And so we surrender these areas to you. Holy Spirit, set us free. I pray Father, freedom over your people. You say well, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So Lord, I declare freedom, Lord. All these areas which your children are mentioning to you, I have mentioned to you, Lord. I speak freedom, Lord God. Freedom, Lord God. Freedom from any form of bondage in Jesus' name. With its anger, hurts, lust, shame, substance abuse, addictions, Lord, we speak freedom in Jesus' name. Let there be such a a, a tenacity in each one's heart. Such a desire to be free in Christ Jesus. Such a desire to surrender whatever it is that is holding us back. For your glory, Lord, we pray freedom in Jesus' name, Lord. And we thank you for your peace and for your strength. Lord, let us be a week where as we spend time with you, you continue your work of aligning and realigning our lives to your will. We pray this in Jesus' name. And now, may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit remain with each one of us. As we allow ourselves to be realigned to God. To his will. To his purpose. And enjoy freedom in Jesus. Amen. And amen. Have a wonderful day and a blessed week. And we'll see you next Sunday. God bless you. Amen.